But yeah, I just want to say, you know, thank you for taking the time. And uh, yeah, I've, I've been really uh, just happy to do these interviews with our members. There's just so many amazing, and just, you know, hearing so many amazing stories. And even though you know, I've seen I've seen you, Uncle Chris, at church, and uh, we've been on the council together, but I don't think I've ever quite heard your testimony. So I'm uh, <laughs> pretty excited to, <laughs> to really get to know. Um, yeah, we're you know, who who's the guy that uh, <laughs> I've known all these years? <laughs> yeah, that's one thing about. Uh, I, I think that this pandemic has changed in some ways. It's been um, you know, because at church we tend to gather, and you have this. Well, it's not even an hour because most of the hour is, um, you know, in service when you can't really talk. Uh, but then right. afterwards, if you want to have a conversation, uh, you know, you've got all these people there. And <laughs> it's quite an art um, right. being able to have, actually have a conversation at yeah. that time. It's very easy to high by everybody, you know. <laughs> um, but in the end, you go away and you you've don't, I, I often felt like I didn't really have any substantial communication with with yeah. anybody it's just a lot of hello and goodbye and uh, see yeah. you next week okay fine okay <laughs> next week is the same thing it's <laughs> yeah. so true yeah. so i think so, this i like what you're doing i think this is a good um, good idea yeah That's thanks i appreciate it yeah i mean it's something i've wanted to do for a long time but i think yeah in a way like this covid like there's not not much else to do you know, just to right. go out and you know take initiative and get to know each other and yeah so right let's take it as an opportunity you know yes so uh sure. yeah i mean i sent you a few questions um but why don't we just yeah let's just start off you could just kind of share about your your testimony how you how you joined the movement and uh yeah ah, just, yeah well it's um Everybody has a different road, of course, but um, I was, um, I went to um, a, a, an English boarding school um, in, in Dover. And when I left there, I, uh, I was, um, well, I guess the, 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 the spiritual background, you know, I was brought up Church of England and, and that was a Church of England boarding school. Mm-hmm. And so um, we had chapel every morning in this old, uh, actually the school was built on a monastery. And so it was the old cow barn was turned into a chapel and so we had chapel every morning and uh, i enjoyed it a lot of a lot of other boys would be just writing in the back of books and <laughs> but um it was an all boys school and right at the end of my last school year there there was an opportunity to go on a trip to france um with uh, a young american long-haired pastor who visited the school once and he got collected names of those people who wanted to go. And it was a two, two week trip to a place called Teze, which is like an international community of, for young people. And I, I looked at it online not so long ago. It's still going as a, as a place. And they still have people coming from all over the world and they're still talking about this and that. So I went there and I had my first experience of, you know, kind of international young people interested in talking with each other you know and it was just such a a mind-blowingly different experience than my whole experience growing up in a very a rather stiff sort of you know english boarding school upbringing so um that was just a a little mind-broadening experience and from there i went um into the army and i I was in the army in the end for like four and a half years and Mm. um 
my first assignment, my first regiment was in Germany and uh, I was in the artillery. I was a young, very green second lieutenant. <laughs> and mm. um, they sent me back after two months, they sent me back to England on a recruiting tour because um, each regiment has its recruiting area within the UK. Mm. And so I was sent back to Birmingham. But as it happens during that tour, I had reason to be in London. So I was in Piccadilly Circus when I got witness to by a German brother um, who he didn't actually talk to me. He just kind of grabbed me by the shoulder. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I thought somebody was coming to hit me, but, but he just fired a bunch of questions at me like, uh, do you believe in God? Do you believe in world peace? Do you believe in this and that? And, uh, and then it was very busy, a lot of people passing by. So we stepped to the side, you know, out of the way. And I asked him to start again. So anyway, he tried to explain what he was doing and um, he invited me to come back for a lecture. And I, um, at that time, had just got out of a rather nasty interaction with a shopkeeper who was trying to sell me a, a watch I didn't really want to buy. And he wasn't taking no for an answer. So I just had to walk out. And that's why I was walking fast. And that's why he grabbed me by the shoulder. So I didn't know where I was going at that time, but when he asked me that question, do you want to come back for, you know, to listen to this lecture? You know, I was had one of those sort of knife edge experiences. You know, it was so easy to say no, it was so easy to say yes. And I was sort of flip-flopped, eh. And I just imagined in spirit world, they were doing this all almighty battle. <laughs> the good guys are pulling me this way and the bad guys are pulling me that way, <laughs> you know. Anyway, in the end I said, okay. So, so I, he, took me around the corner where there was a van waiting, jumped into the van. Well, I, he invited me to jump into the van. He just said, okay, bye-bye. And he went back on the street. And so there <laughs> I was sitting in this van with nobody else in it in the middle of London and wondering, okay, that's interesting. And then two more people jumped in and then yeah. the door was closed. The driver jumped in. He looked around <laughs> the back and gave us his big, big smile and says, hi, you know, I said, okay. <laughs> and then we just took off. We were driving somewhere. And so I asked these other people that jumped in. I said, do you, do you know who these people are? And they said, no. I said, oh, good. <laughs> I said, do you know where we're going? And they said, no idea. And I said, oh, this is really good. <laughs> I've just been abducted. Um, <laughs> anyway, we arrived at Lancaster Gate. And I was feeling a little bit uncertain about what was going on. Sure. But I had this experience that as I walked in through the entry door to Lancaster Gate, all of those fears and worries, I just, it just kind of washed off me at the front door. It was quite dramatic, really. And I walked into this hallway. And anyway, we sat in the front room and there were four of us there. And we had a introductory lecture by Jan Parker. Do you know Jan Parker? Yeah, he's a Danish brother, very tall. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And uh, he's an artist. I think right now he's in Hawaii. Hmm. But uh, anyway, he gave us the entire divine principle in an hour and a half, you know, finishing with the Messiah is on the earth, you know. Hmm. And it's like, okay, so from, you know, from walking out of a watch store in Piccadilly Circus, and, and then like two hours later, I know the Messiah is on the earth. Okay, this is quite a day. <laughs> <laughs> 
And after that, I went into the coffee room or tea room, whatever it is, and where two sisters sat down with me. And this was the big push, right? You know, this guy is going to workshop. You know, he doesn't know yet, but he's going to workshop. Um, and they, they were like, they were determined. <laughs> but the trouble was I was there on duty. I was had a job to do. I, I was supposed to be back in Birmingham the next day. And I had a job to do. And, and, they, and they were saying things like, well, you know, why don't you just, um, you know, tell your commanding officer you have something you have to do. You know, he'll understand. I said, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they, they were very sincere and they, they really worked on me for a good long time. And um, in the end, I had to go. And, and they said, ah, oh, you know. I, they tried every tactic in the book, I think, you know, you're just like everybody else. You say you're going to go, but you're just going to walk out. And I, and I had, so the, of course, that I had to promise to them. I said, no, look, you got to trust me. I want to come to workshop. This is interesting to me, um, but I can't do it right now. And they said, okay. Anyway, so that was how I met. Um, hmm. Yeah, I did. I did, in fact, go to seven day workshop, but it was about, you know, a couple of months later. You know, I had mm. some more vacation time from the army mm. and uh, I went to workshop. And uh, yeah, that was. Um, I mean, I can tell you one thing that happened in the workshop, which was really yeah. quite dramatic for me, which was uh, because I, I was to be I had my 21st birthday around that time. And um, my, I had set up this sort of birthday party at home and my dad was in the army too. And he had got all sort of drinks in from the officer's mess and stuff at home. And I was going to invite a lot of people. I was going to have a, a nice 21st birthday party. Mm. And, um, but I actually really wanted to go to this workshop and I didn't know what it was in me, but I actually, I canceled the birthday party mm. and which kind of, that was an alarm bell to them and my parents and um and while i was at workshop you know then my dad had done some digging you know about what the unification church is and um he wasn't happy with what he found and so he called me i was at workshop and he said you know um i know you know your workshop and everything, but we'd really just like to talk about it and could you come home we'd like to talk about what you're doing you know mm. And I said, well, there's nothing to worry about. This is fine. You know, I'm, I'm good, you know. And he said, no, no, I, I really want you to come home. Hmm. And anyway, we kind of went back and forth like this. And in the end, he kind of said, well, he said, what's more important to you? You know, what, what you think, you know, you know what, what your parents have, you know, given up all this for you, your education, you know, and uh, done so much for you in your life, you know, and, and um, at what's, our peace of mind is important um, or you think all oh, that's more important or do you think what you want to do right now is more important and i thought about it for a second and uh, then i it was very clear to me i said well actually what i'm doing right now is more important <laughs> wow and there was a silence at the other end of the phone <laughs> and and um i think the phone just went dead my yeah. father hung up <laughs> Oh and I thought, oh, my God, what did I just do? Mm. You know, because I've had a very good relationship with my parents always. Mm. And uh, so anyway, I, I was 
digesting all this in my head and then another phone call came and it was my dad again mm. and i listened to him this time and there was this tension in his voice and he was like really desperate mm. he was really worried sick what i was doing and he was mm. so nervous and so he said please just come home and i said okay okay i'll come home you know mm. we'll talk about it mm. i wanted to stay but i also this was important to me. So anyway, I went home, I'd got a train home and my father came to meet me at the station. And he was, I was expecting, honestly, it would be rather unlike my dad, but I was expecting him to, you know, hit me or something. <laughs> I've been so, you know, rude, you know. Um, but in the end, but he just held out his hand and shook my hand and said, thank you for coming home. Mm, wow. And that just kind of melted me right away. I thought, mm. wow. Uh, and then when I got home, you know, my mother had dinner ready. It was all laid out on the table. You know, they really loved me up, you know, yeah. they were really nervous, concerned. <laughs> so anyway, after dinner, I just started talking and I told them everything I knew about, mm. you know, divine principle, whatever I knew after an hour and a half lecture and two days of workshop, <laughs> you know, um, which must have been rather confusing to them. But anyway, I just laid it on the table. I said, look, so this is, um, this is what I'm doing. Um, and they, they actually normally, if I tried to explain something to them, they would normally have questions along the way. Um, but, but this time they just were quiet and they listened and uh, they, so they said, well, you're obviously convinced. And I said, yeah, <laughs> you know, anyway, but, um, so we left it at that for then. And then, and it was on, not until that moment that I realized that the following day was actually my birthday. <laughs> and so the next morning, you know, um, they made me a nice breakfast, you know, happy birthday, you know, a strange one, but happy birthday, <laughs> you know, and then while I was eating breakfast, I just said, because my heart was back at workshop. I just wanted to be back there. I said, well, I know it's my birthday and all that, and but I really just feel like I've got to go back. And uh, and to my surprise, they, they said, well, yeah, we thought you might say something like that. So we talked about it last night between the two of us, and we decided that if you ask that, then we actually will take you back to Lancaster Gate. Um, not because we are totally okay with what you're doing, but because we want to see for ourselves what it is that you're getting yourself into. Mm. And, you know, I thought that's really smart. You know, mm. I thought, wow, that's really smart. So I thought, great, let's go. <laughs> so they drove me back and then they came into Lancaster Gate. And I think then they could, that, that was their first contact with the church. Mm. And they could see it wasn't drugs. It wasn't, you know, long hair and weird behavior not the long hair is bad but you know you know you can associate it with a certain mindset um coming from the military background um you know so they could see that it wasn't anything weird or totally you know crazy so that was their first like little vaccination or you know um, uh, they did a lot of digging afterwards of course and they come up with a lot of stuff but anyway then i went back to workshop and that was where i really sort of changed because mm. uh i i really liked what i heard and i decided yeah this is this is something i want to pursue but i had to decide then how to pursue it 
I was in the army, you know, and um, it took me a while to figure things out, you know, but eventually I decided with the help of some members at a local center that um, really the best thing to do was to join full time as opposed to being a, uh, a lonely missionary in the British Army <laughs> undercover. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't have lasted very long, probably. But anyway, they, um, so I, I asked to leave. I put in my resignation request and I was told flatly, no, forget it. You know, you, you went through training and um, you've got a commitment. So I thought, oh, now I have to decide, is that answer from God or from Satan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, anyway, then we were in Ireland, in Northern, in Northern Ireland, uh, I was on a tour there. And while I was over there, I, I wrote another letter deciding, you know, I know I applied once and you said no, but guess what? I still really want to leave. Mm. So when we came back from that Ireland tour, I had another series of interviews, you know, with the with the local chaplain, with the brigadier, you know, with everybody and anybody. And in the end, finally, the answer came back, okay, you can leave, but you've got to fulfill your minimum term of service, which is another two years. Mm. So I said, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway two years later after a bit of a last minute pandemonium but I, I i hopped in my car and drove back to england from germany with my suitcase and after a, a night at home in dover i went to lancaster gate and said here i am you can have my car what do i do and <laughs> that, that was it that was um 1977 when I finally joined, I met them in 75 in the summer. Yeah. Wow. So you yeah. it made such an impression that like you were just so determined to, 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 to Yeah. And I mean, I, I had some help along the way. I mean, definitely. I mean, I had a couple of dreams when I was in within two or three days after getting back to Germany after that workshop. I had one dream about father when I was in some house going down the stairs and he was coming up the stairs and he just passed me and he just turned and looked at me and nodded and carry on. That was it. Very brief, like a, a snippet. <laughs> I've no idea what house it was or where, and, uh, but he was wearing very, you know, Western clothes. And uh, the other dream was more symbolic, you know, like, um, but that was, uh, and also the, the, the members and the, there was a center in Paderborn in Germany where, it was um, all sisters at the center, actually, except for one brother who was at university and he visited there, like I was visiting. And uh, but they gave me a lot of support and um, encouragement mm -hmm. to uh, stick to my guns. <laughs> right. Yeah. Interesting. Well, wow. that's oh, a really interesting story. Like your so your parents, I mean, were they they were okay with it? Like after well, in, a while? in the end, yes. Um, yeah. I mean, they they definitely did their research, um, but and, and but through I, I forget how exactly they their first real involvement was with the parents' association. Some other parents reached out to them, I think, and then um, I mean they got involved with the parents' movement in England, and they they're actually one of the first members of that parents' association. And, because, and they were just parents of members whose job it was to 
first of all, to kind of bridge the gap between misinformed parents and members who, you know, are struggling with the, you know, all the, the negativity which their parents would send them. And so they, they did a lot of visiting um, and they visited a lot of parents um, all over the country. Um, I mean, they themselves went to workshop, like a parent's workshop, where they explained, you know, in more, I guess, gentle way uh, to the parents, you know, so they could understand the core of what the movement was and who father is and how, you know, everything. And, um, and uh, it was very good for them. And the, the more they had to do with the church, then, then the more they liked it. And in fact, they grew and grew. And, and then they, they were actually blessed in New York in um, 89. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, wow, that's amazing. It was after I had been, after I came to America. So I was actually, I actually gave them the holy one, yeah. <laughs> which was wow. nice. <laughs> incredible. Yeah. I hear some stories like that. That's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. So they've they've been a good good support. Mm. Yeah. Are they are they still around? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they've had a, a change recently. You know, my 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 dad um, suffering from uh, dementia. And so right now he's he's in a home, you know, mm. a, a nursing home because he became too difficult for my mother to take care mm. of him. Mm. And so it was just a little less than a year ago that he went into a, a special home, you know, for dementia patients. Mm. And um, so she's now living by herself. Mm. And uh, because of the COVID situation, she can't visit much. Mm. So it's been tough on her. Mm. Yeah, um, sure. But he's stable. But no, they're, they're both uh, still here. Yeah. Got it. Very cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I wanted to ask, like, um, what were some key moments in your life of faith or any experiences with true parents? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, um, really, the, my, the key moment for me is really the first time I met father, um, it was in England. Uh, after I joined full time in 77, and then I went to Scotland to the Dunbar to the workshop center there. And then I was uh, about a year or so later, I was called down to go to a small pioneer center in Bath in the south of England. And um, I was there with um, one sister and one brother. And uh, Gene Yi, and I think his name was Tim. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, we were, I had only been there about less than two weeks, and um, we were going to go out witnessing that day. And so the, the two of them went out, and uh, I was just finishing up a few things in the, in the center. It was a small apartment like one, one living room, one bedroom, and one kitchen. That was it, bathroom. Um, and uh, so I was tidying a few things up and the phone rang. And so I answered it and it was Lancaster Gate calling. And they, they said, um, oh good, you're there. Um, don't leave the phone for a minute. Um, there's a chance that um, father might be coming down to Bath to visit. And I said, oh really? Okay, 
So I, <laughs> so I, I, I waited by the phone. Sure enough, about five minutes later, it rang again. And he said, um, they just left. They'll be with you in like two hours or whatever it takes to drive there. And I said, okay, but, but um, you know, I'm the only one here. Um, Gene and Tim are out witnessing already. And they said, well, stay, you need to stay there in the center um, uh, and just pray for them to come back. <laughs> so that was probably one of the more intense prayers I've had. <laughs> come back. <laughs> Anyway, Jean actually felt to come back. She came back. She and, um, she just came back. It was, I was amazed. And then, but Tim didn't come back. And um, it was. Uh, and so when Jean came back, I sent her out to get some fruit and some soft drinks or whatever to have. You know, if my father arrived. And uh, it was like an hour and three quarters, and Tim still wasn't back. And then the doorbell rang. Um, and so. Um, you know, we opened it and it was Tim. We thought, thank goodness, he had a guest. With him. He had a guest with him. I thought, oh good, oh dear. <laughs> now what? You know, do we invite this this new guest in to visit to meet Father at the right same moment? You know. Right, so then right. we were kind of standing in the hallway, which is not much of a hallway, a tiny place, mm. and then um, the doorbell rang again. And I thought this was too difficult for me to decide what should happen with this guest and who should do what. So I just went to the front door and opened the door. And one of the security guards was there and he said, hold the door, father's coming in. You know, I said, okay. So then I held the door and then, you know, father came in. So I, you know, I bowed and then I, Colonel Hahn came in and I bowed again. And then somebody else came in and I bowed again. <laughs> And then one of the security guards came in and he said, okay, no more bowing, you better go in. <laughs> so, so when I went into the apartment, then um, I guess father and there was um, Colonel Hahn and Henry Masters and Dennis Orm and um, yeah, and a security guard were in the living room and um, with Gene and uh, Tim and the guests were nowhere to be seen. Apparently they went into the front room and they closed the door. And so Tim, who was himself a brand new member, was with this brand new guest and mm -hmm. teaching, you know, divine principle or whatever he was teaching to this person and knowing that the author of what he was teaching was in the next room. <laughs> right. wow. It was just such an interesting situation. And so I sat down there and father was, uh, you know, sitting in the armchair and I was sitting in a regular chair next to him. And there was, you know, Colonel Hahn and Henry Masters and um, Dennis Orm was sitting on the couch opposite and Gene was next to me here. And um, and anyway, it was just such a close encounter, you know, and, mm -hmm. and Father just was quiet for a minute. And he looked around and he, the first thing he said was that you got to change the color of your curtains. And I thought I misheard him. I thought, what? You know, and he said, yeah, he said, because we had these sort of orange color curtains. He said, if somebody's outside and they want to shoot into the apartment, you know, um, he said, those curtains will be a very clear marker as to which is this apartment. And I said, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so he went on to, he talked about all kinds of things. Um, mm. And he, uh, 
he talked about that's where I first heard about home church. He, he talked about, he said, do you have a car? He said, no, Father, we don't have a car. And so he was talking about this idea of having divine principle on videotapes and driving the video machine, dropping it off in people's houses and to play the tapes and take another machine somewhere. So you needed a car and a video machine to drop this stuff off in people's hands. Then you can move it from one house to another house, you know, and this kind of doing kind of home church that way, home church witnessing like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he said, uh, when he heard I didn't have a car, or the center didn't have a car, then he actually took out his wallet and he started thumbing out hundred dollar bills, you know, and he, so he thumbed out, you know, a thousand dollars and he said, I didn't know because I wasn't counting as he thumbed it out, but he said, is this enough to buy a car? And I said, of course, yes, yes, of course, (laughs) you know, um, how much it was i would make sure it was enough to buy a car <laughs> you know and so he so he handed it to me and, and i i took it and said thank you father you know and so uh you know okay and then um what else did he say he was uh oh he was talking about um the best way to witness or the best way to teach principle he said you know you should have you should have public gatherings in a public place in the town and he said, the best audience is not to have a positive audience. The best is an audience which is divided, you know, because mm-hmm. half neutral and half negative. Because the negative ones, the neutral people will see how ridiculous the negative people are and they will push them more towards you, you know. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, <laughs> that's a concept breaker. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for me. And uh, and then at one point he, he, he asked something and... Um, um, I've, and then he just started laughing and um and he, he 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 tapped me on the knee and he just started laughing and uh colonel han was laughing too and uh, and so i was waiting for the translation why is father tapping me on the leg and laughing you know um and colonel han said he said father says you're like a lion and i thought oh that's nice he said, but you're asleep. <laughs> said, oh, that's not so good. <laughs> so I, you know, ever since then, I've had this image of a sleeping lion following me around, you know. Um, I thought, okay, well, that's a mold that needs to be broken, you know. Um, and uh, anyway, yeah, we, we, he, he stayed talking, you know, about things for uh, about, uh an hour or so maybe Mm. more Mm. and then all of a sudden he was up and leaving and um and uh you know i I was told to grab the keys and follow quickly get into the second car Mm. i didn't know what was going on Mm. but apparently we were going out for lunch so we went to a restaurant downtown bath and uh we were we had a meal there and uh, the father and others sat, we sat at the second table and the father was at the next table next to us. But I remember while we were there, one thing father was said, he was looking around, there was waitress there who had this really odd hairstyle. It looked like somebody, you know, like it was like a, a pudding basin with a, a gutter all around, like the hair comes down and like a very tight curl outwards all the way around, dark, slick like this. And father said to one of the security, get a picture 
of, of her of her you know hairstyle we can send it back to the news world in in new york and say latest hair fashion from 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 bath england <laughs> you know he was thinking was all over the place right yeah right. And, um, so anyway then we we finished lunch and uh then we all everything happens very quickly when father moves he moves fast right mm -hmm. so all of a sudden we were out they got the cars and um they all jumped into the cars and uh, but before they jumped in dennis orm came up to me and he kind of he gave me something wrapped in a napkin and uh he said it's the knife and fork father used hang on to it you know i thought okay <laughs> this is turning into a really interesting day um <laughs> so you know and then then the cars were off and gene and i were standing on the sidewalk you know um waving goodbye to the messiah with a thousand dollars in one hand and a knife and fork in the other it's like it was like surreal you know it was like uh but you know before when i was sitting next to father i was just noticing his his head is so large you know and his uh he had so many freckles on his mm -hmm. very he was very weathered at the, that time mm -hmm. and i uh, must have been spent a lot of time out in the boat maybe or doing something mm -hmm. but he was so so weathered Mm. And, uh, but yeah, it was uh, um, quite a day. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. You were so. I mean, just a few people together with <laughs> with Father. That's. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. How 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 did you feel? Like, were you were you nervous or <laughs> like? Well. Um, I was more nervous before father came because uh, once once father was there and I was sitting next to him and we were all you know talking I it it just felt right you know mm. it just felt right it, it, I, w I wasn't any longer nervous once he was there mm. um, and I think then I was nervous again afterwards after he left because okay how am I going to buy a car with a thousand dollars and um do all these things that father is you know asking us to do mm. uh and mm. uh, but the thing was i was only there another week and then i was sent somewhere else so i was there for three weeks and after the second week father visited and then another week and i was gone and mm. i thought <laughs> i thought well that's even odder you know i was actually back up to back up to dunbar in scotland uh. so that was odd i felt like i was sent down there to meet with father, you know, and, <laughs> but it was, yeah. Interesting. So how, how did you end up coming to America? Well, I, I came here, um, <laughs> I came here for three days. <laughs> um, it was in 1980, December, 1980, you know, I I'd filled out the matching applications, uh, forms, um, and uh, all of a sudden it was possible to come and um, uh, I was asked if I wanted to go and of course I said yes of course and uh, so I came and um, but I came but before I left they said um, they said be careful of those American members because they're in a habit of stealing people from England <laughs> 
people go and they don't come back. You know, I said, no, don't worry, don't worry. I have a mission here. You know, I, I was um, I was doing something. Oh, I was working. Oh, I think I, I was working with I think I was working with Mike Balcom with a jewelry business or something right before then. We were trying mm -hmm. to get some sort of jewelry business going there. It was in the first fledgling stages. I think we were still mostly fundraising. But but anyway, um, but I say no. I've got a mission here. No problem. I will be back. You know. Um, so anyway, so I came for the matching, and it was last it was December twenty eighth or something like that, and uh, nineteen eighty. Last couple of days of the year, and uh, that first night we had the matching. So I hadn't slept yet. And I was in the New Yorker. Um, and so then uh, uh, the next day or something, there was an announcement about uh, um, gathering everybody who was matched with American uh, to come to the New York, to the, the Grand Ballroom. And there we were told that if you were matched with an American, Father wanted you to stay in America. Mm. And so I said, okay, then I'm going to stay. <laughs> <laughs> so, one promise okay well i think you know it was trumped by a, a higher hand <laughs> so that's how i got to stay and so of course i immediately joined mft with mr kamiyama and um, spent the first six years on the east coast yeah with mft yeah yeah so it was I can say, I usually say it's, it's my wife's fault that I'm here. Right. She gets the credit. Yeah. Did you ever meet father again? Like, uh, like that? Not like that. I mean, I, I saw father many times, you know, either at Belvedere, mostly at Belvedere or at um, other, you know, events. Mm. Um, but, uh, not on a personal level. Um, <laughs> well, there was one one time when I was um, I was working with Decor Marketing on the West Coast, and I was up in the Northern California area. Oh, no, it was up it was up in uh, Washington. Yeah, Seattle, Washington, because that's when uh, yeah they have a house there in Seattle, right? and. Um, and I was helping them set up a, a like a Christmas kiosks, you know, for the uh, fibroids up there. And uh, so father visited up there and he was speaking in their, the main house. And I had done an all night setup on a one mall. And so I was really tired and um, hadn't slept. And I, we just went to the house, you know, so that we could uh, meet, meet father or see father, hopefully. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it was winter time, so it was cold out and it was really hot in that house. And um, plus I hadn't slept at all, so I was really tired. <laughs> and somehow I was ushered all the way to the front. They said, oh, you just came in. You're not, you're not from, from this district, right? You're a visitor, so you, you should go to the front, you know? So, and uh, so anyway, I was pushed to the front and I sat down right, right in the front row and uh, it was hot. I was tired. I was looking up. The father was talking. And of course, I went to sleep <laughs> into, I think, 
I think I was, my eyes must have been kind of doing this number, you know, <laughs> heavy eyelid routine, you know, going up and down slowly. And um, father was asking something. And at one point he kicked my leg and he said, where's your mind? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I was really trying, but, oh, sorry. <laughs> Man. But no, I, I remember many, many times in Belvedere, um, mm. you know, listening to him talk on Sunday mornings. Mm. And uh, we would come up, because uh, we were based in the New Yorker for a lot of the time, fundraising. And mm. come up. Yeah. Got it. Very cool. So, um, <clears throat> Yeah, another question is just like, there's been a lot of challenges, you know, all kinds of things happen in our movement and I'm sure, you know, personally, but what, what is it for you that kind of keeps you, keeps you going through those, through difficult times? Mm. I have to say, uh, for me, when, when my, when my own faith gets challenged or my, you know, internally I start to get weak or something, I, I kind of go back to the beginning, go back to the very beginning. You know, mm -hmm. that first time I walked into Lancaster gate, you know, I just shared about, mm -hmm. and, um, just the, this, this, I mean, when I heard the principle, it was from, from Jan Parker. It was just like, you know, the game of, uh, you know, pegs, you know, square peg, round peg, triangular peg, you know, mm -hmm. the right shape pegs were just going into the right shape holes. It was just like everything made total sense. Mm -hmm. You know, I, it's, it's like, I was feeling, I got this, this is wow. You know, it's like, and he really had me. You know, he had me, he had me right there <laughs> and it just made sense. And so that was sort of, once you've heard it, it's like, it's for me, I mean, anyway, for me, it's under, I can't argue with it. It is, mm. but that's on one hand, but on uh, more than that, uh, as much as that is, you know, the personal relationships that I have with, mm. with other people. Uh, other brothers and sisters, mm. you know, um, with, if my faith is getting, you know, beaten up, challenged, um, then latch onto somebody else's, you know, I mean, father said it, I'm sure more than once, but I, I remember he said one time, you know, and even in the, the worst moment, if you just cannot move one finger, one foot, you know, just grab hold of my shirt tail and hang on, just hang on, you know, mm -hmm. just hang on for dear life, you know, mm -hmm. I'll pull you, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing. And mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, I have deeply appreciated the, um, the love and support I've received over the years, you know, from um, many brothers and sisters. Um, mm -hmm. um, oftentimes, you know, honestly, in, in an able figure position to me, you know, that they were my central figure. Um, um, and uh, yeah, 
I mean, I, I remember a time in Dunbar one time when I was struggling with something and I was really, I had this sort of enormous pain in my stomach and uh, it was, it was almost like being, literally say cut in half, you know, I felt like that. It was really sharp and very, and the, the, the central figure at that workshop center in Dunbar, her name was Grace Miller. And uh, she had a couple of sons who were in, in, in the movement as well. And she was, um, uh, to then, to us, you know, she was an older member. She was probably in her 60s. And she was, uh, she was a wonderful person, very spiritual. And she, um, she was a great cook. She fed everybody well at the, the, the workshop center. And, um, but she was a great grounding point, you know. And so I, I went to her with this pain and, and, uh, and she just looked at me and she said, go take a run across the beach. <laughs> you know, Dunbar is on the coast and um, where a river meets the coast and one side of the river is where like a golf course on the other side of the river is miles of flat uh, sandy beach with no rocks, just dead flat. In fact, they used to run horses up and down it. Mm. And she said, go take a run across the beach. And I, and I said, okay. And I didn't question it. I just went and I ran. And because mm. uh, um, I, you know, okay, I, I thought my logical side said, okay, therefore it's a spiritual problem. And if you unite with your central figure, it'll solve, it'll solve itself, right? I said, well, okay, let's, let's try this principle out. <laughs> mm. So yeah, I went, I ran across the beach and I ran 110%. And um, I hadn't gone running long and, and uh, I was not aware of anything below my waist. At the time, I felt like my feet weren't hitting the sand anymore. And certainly the pain was gone. And I mm. thought, I thought, yay, you know, it's like, <laughs> uh, but I mean, that's a, a physical example, but, but um, in terms of, uh, I guess that's a sort of, representative of the kind of support or um, care that's there, but it's, uh, yeah, no, I think personal relationships has been very, very, very important. The ability to be able to just share honestly, you know, mm -hmm. with, with people at times is, um, mm -hmm. uh, I guess the, the, the feeling that if you can be open with, about your own situation with someone else, then mm. the devil can't hide in you. You know, mm. it's like that kind of a, that kind of a thing. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah, the last question. This is uh, <laughs> yeah. Just uh, I want to know. You know what? What are your like looking forward? We share. share you know, I heard a lot about you know, how things have been and how you got to this place. And it's really interesting. I'm curious, like, what, uh, yeah, what are you looking forward to for the future? Anything that's, you know, that's happening now that's exciting you or, um, yeah, just anything that you see? Well, um, of course, I, I look forward to being able to um, bounce out new grandchild on my knee but <laughs> with covid that's gonna have to wait a while um 
They're out in California. Huh? How old is your grandchild? Oh, October, so November, December, January, three months. Oh, wow. Not quite quite three months. Wow. That's your first grandchild? Yeah, 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 Michael and Haywan, their daughter, daughter and Emma. Yeah, but, um, yes, well, um, I mean, what I really feel the most weight on me right now, weight, yeah, it is a weight. It's a responsibility, which I, I feel like I have been so blessed, you know, to receive so much, you know, from God and true parents and the universe, um, you know, um, that uh, I want to be able to share that blessing, you know, mm-hmm. and of course, a lot of people have been able to do that already, you know, um, which, through the uh, Chumbo and the, uh, you know, 430 couple blessing and ancestor liberation. That That is really something, if, if, I, if I think, you know, I guess I'm thinking now, okay, if I'm on my deathbed and I look back, what do I not want to regret? <laughs> you know, that is something I, I don't, don't, I want to not regret that. Yeah. Um, I want to find a way to make progress with that kind of initiative. Mm. Um, I'm not the kind of person that can just chase numbers. And so, yeah, go for 430, 430, 430. I mean, yes, it's, I understand the importance of it, but I have to find an authentic way to, to do that because, not because I want 430, but not because I want to get 430, but because I, I genuinely want to share the blessing you know uh it is something that um you know it's like water if you don't keep it moving it grows stale so um uh, yeah i want to find a way to do that 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 is my biggest uh and deepest thing you know um yeah yeah i mean i think you you shared a lot of blessings with me today uh, i appreciate that yeah your, your, your story is is yeah it's amazing it's you know it's amazing how god works in each person's life in such a unique way and it is so different mm. and it's so different and um yeah i uh I don't know what you're going to do with this material, but but I um, I look forward to hearing what other people had to say. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah I, I, mean, I do plan on sending it out to the the mem- members, just to the Belvedere members, so that we can hear each other's testimonies. Yeah, I think this. Um, I mean, as I was saying, about the whole thing about personal relationships. Um, it. it um, being able to go beyond the hi how was your week and uh, what are you going to do next week and uh bye you know mm-hmm. but being able to so that the whole small group idea i think is 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 great if it can mm-hmm. you know if you can make it work or mm-hmm. being able to have a smaller number of people that you can have more deeply 
contact with. And, and I, I have that here, you know, I mean, we have a number of families here in Orange County, you know, that we connect with, you know, um, and we have such, when, when we do get together, when we have been able to get together, you know, it's, it really does feel like extended family, you know, um, yeah. yeah, the Bawashers and the Learys and the Sharps, and, you know, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's really, just so, so there's something really special about um, the spirit that's in uh, brothers and sisters. Mm. The fact that you can go to a center in a foreign country that you've never been to, and and somehow magically there is this spirit that that uh, that, that connects you, that binds you. That, that's mm -hmm. it's deeper than words and facts and truths. It, it, it's yeah. it's blood, you know. Mm. It's yeah. uh, it's deeper than blood. It's spirit. It's before blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was telling this. I was just telling this one guy I met at a wedding that when I went to the wedding, it was in Omaha, and he asked me where where do you stay, and I said, oh, I'm just staying with a friend. You know, um, he's like, oh wow, you know people in Omaha. I was like. I was like, yeah, you know, kind of, <laughs> I know people. <laughs> I was like, I know people all around the world. <laughs> He's like, what? How do you know people? And I was just telling him, like, you know, anytime I travel, like, I can always find a place to stay. I always have a house to stay at. And he was like, that's so amazing. He's like, he's like, how? And I was like, oh, you know, through my church. <laughs> and he was like, what church are you going to? <laughs> He's like, yeah. was like, tell me about this church. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so. That's interesting. I was like, he was he was asking me to kind of talk to him about our church. So yeah, I want to follow up with him. It was I just met him like a, about a month ago, but yeah. yeah, it is incredible. You know, we have these like we have these benefits in our movement that like yeah, like anybody else who here, it's like it's inc it's incredible. You know, it's like wow. Yeah, and I I, I want to engage more with the, these um. I see a lot of help coming from headquarters, you know, like different ways to like the mother's book, uh, you know, reading group, for example, or different ways to, you know, suggestions of ways to actually get the wheels moving and, uh, you know, make contact mm -hmm. with people, especially in our environment now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Using social media. Right. Anyway, yeah, I, I appreciate it. You know, I appreciate this time. You're welcome. Yeah, it was really enjoy enjoyable. Like just hearing your story, a lot of a lot of laughs, and you're actually a really good storyteller. I got to say, <laughs> I was really able to imagine like what was going on. So I was, I was impressed. I was impressed with your storytelling ability. <laughs> you have an knack for it. Yeah, that's well, great. No, I think it's a great great initiative, and. Um... I look forward to seeing it uh, continue. Mm. Yeah, Thank you for doing it. Mm. And welcome back to the United States. Yeah, thank you. Delayed, but uh, it's good to have you back. <laughs> yeah, it's good to be back. Although I am looking forward to seeing everybody in person. It's been, uh, yes. it was kind of a, a lukewarm <laughs> like welcome. It's like, I can't get here. Like everybody's like, um, I was like, oh, I want to meet people. <laughs> Everybody's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh. sure. 
nobody wants to meet in person. So I'm a little sad, but you know, this is this is one way to to connect. As long as we're connecting in heart, then it's okay. Right? Yeah, thank you. I will make it. We'll make it. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Uncle Chris. You're welcome. Thank you, Justin. God bless. Yeah. God bless. Have an amazing night. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Yeah. Bye.